0: Hello and welcome to the trouble with the snap podcast should be a great show today and I say that in just as me and Jeremy had to be saved by the Detroit Lions against the two and seven team with a 59 yesterday um, in order to save our football weekend to some extent another week of just lousy performances by both the Spartans and the Wolverines and the couple quarterback issues as well. Um, One of them though look we saw it coming the writing was on the wall after uh, during the course of the Iowa game rather Um, you know we started to realize where Look, maybe the Michigan game was the outlier in regards to Rocky Lombardi's performance.
1: Yeah I'm To be honest, I'm a little surprised how poor it's become uh, at the rate it has. Like, it's just happened so fast where he struggled. And, you you know, the Iowa game was a little shocking how bad he played and then really just came back and played just as bad. Um, It's just not working. Um, After a few games in a row, and you see kind of the same things. You realize something's missing there. And, And I do think Peyton Thorne, when he came in, there's a couple things that I thought he did really well. Um, obviously Indiana is a pretty solid defense. I think it was going to be hard no matter who was in for Michigan State. Um, but I, I'll tell you, I, I just think that both schools are in the same predicament. It, it's, at this point, Tyler, it's got to be a situation. If you're the coaching staff, you say, we're just going to play the guys that are playing better because right now our season is practically over. We're not going to win anything. Um, let's get better and let's get as many guys on the field as possible. So you kind of hope that's what the case is for both schools. I could tell you this for Michigan they got a quarterback controversy. Um and I probably assuming Michigan State kind of does too as well. So uh but I don't think that's the right word. I think it's more like you just have to play multiple
0: kids. Yeah, you you've got to give them that experience. You've got to see ultimately, you know, how far those kids can take you and uh look, if this is a situation where you know, Peyton Thorne is okay, not good, not great, not bad either or something like that. I mean, you might even go to that third option. You might look at Theo Day um, and, uh, yeah, you know, play them all. And, you know, then you have three games in your system for each quarterback. You can go back, look at it, see who ran it better. I think it's evident already that Peyton Thorne is better than Rocky Lombardi. Uh, he was who I was going for. His arm strength left a little bit to be desired. And I mean, I know you talked about that when uh, we were texting back and forth on a Saturday. But, you know, he has great legs. Uh, you know, to me, my issue was his incredibly happy feet. Um, you know, it looked, even though the offensive line was under a lot of pressure. And in Indiana brought a lot of blitzes on a redshirt freshman seeing his first legitimate game action. I thought he was moving around a little too much, um, but that being said, you know, you can fix that with experience, and I think Saturday was good experience. Uh, his one thing is he's going to be hit and miss, but Michigan State had another quarterback like that not too long ago, and he led to the playoff, uh, two Big Ten championships, and the Rose Bowl wins, so. You know, Connor Cook, he had accuracy issues that time. You know, he's under 60% despite all the records he broke at Michigan State. And I think you might see the same type of thing with Peyton Thorne, except he's a little more mobile and lacks the arm strength. So to kind of cancel that out.
1: I I think the big thing that we have to notice is just how important the quarterback position is, but also how much improvements we need on all ends from both teams. I mean, the thing that's really shocking to me, Tyler, is this. Not only did Joe Milton look incredibly confused with coverages, uh, I mean, just the interception, the second one was absolutely, that. that is a kid not ready to play against that type of team. Uh, I mean, if you can't see that in front of you, you are something's missing there, right? So I I think the thing that we were most concerned about is Michigan people with Milton was not only was it the deep ball was can he read the defense because he's made some poor decisions in the past. And I think we kind of forgot about him, right? We kind of just threw him underneath the rug after the first week because he looked pretty solid. And then we found out, oh, boy, Minnesota's (laughs) terrible. Uh, So so the thing about and then you then you look at the next game and they're playing a Michigan State team who is just not very good either. And he had a couple coverage things that were thrown at him with zone coverage, and he had a hard time with it. I think that should have told us right away, like, this is a kid that is really struggling with certain coverages, and uh, he's either got to tuck in and run right away, or he's got to make, you know, the deep ball more available, and he has to have more touch on it. Cade McNamara came in and... That was the first time, Tyler, I've seen a quarterback in Michigan in years throw a beautiful deep ball. I I mean, I was sitting here going, is Todd Collins the quarterback right now? Because this is like, it's hanging up there all day, but it's a beautiful ball. And we have not had that from Milton. We didn't have it from Patterson. We definitely didn't. I mean, Wilton Spate was probably a lot better with the deep ball than any of the quarterbacks that Jim Harbaugh's had. Jake Rudock was probably his overall best quarterback which is saying a lot about how just average our quarterback play has been. But the problem isn't just quarterback. It's a lot of things in Michigan can't tackle. They can't block. They can't get off the ball. And anytime they lose a good significant player, they do not have the depth right now. And they did not have Aiden Hutchinson. Quiddy Pay got it really showed. I mean, it was, it was brutal Saturday. Well, I mean, You talked about brutal.
0: Michigan state's defense and you used the word average, I believe. Um, you know, they gave up 24 points to Indiana. That being said, Indiana's a really good offense. And you look at the turnovers that led to those points. Like, it's not all on the defense. And like I said, I think there's some bright spots there. Um, unfortunately, the two biggest bright spots so far this season have been Naquan Jones and Antoine Simmons. And both of those guys are, you know, destined for the NFL next year. But, um, you know, I think there's still some quality use there. You know, my biggest concern still is Mel Tucker not using, you know, his guys the way that they should be used. You know, he's still running up the middle with Ant Williams and running outside with Hayward. I've got a feeling that should be the other way since Sant Williams is probably the fastest running back on the roster. And Hayward's the slowest. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, gosh, where to begin with Michigan State? I think it's it's just like Michigan. There's just so many things they have to be better at. I think defensively, there was a couple things that they took advantage of. I thought the secondary did well at times. Obviously, five Vogel went nuts, but uh, you know, Shakur Brown with
0: yeah, the team, he did huge, miss, he huge. did miss that one and, he and I that a
1: Yeah. And I I think Indiana became very conservative after they turned the ball over. And I think they also didn't want to show a lot. I think that's part of it. I think they know they have Ohio state next week. They know that their defense gets shut. Michigan State down. I mean, they were up 24, nothing at half. So uh, a good second half by Michigan state to keep them in check and not allow them to score. And and I think that uh, that that's a huge plus, you know, and something you can build on. Of course, you got to have something positive. Um, and, And, for going back to Michigan, I mean, there's no positive. I mean, I think Jim Harbaugh's post game pretty much nails it. I mean, he, even he is the one who likes to play little mind games. He didn't play no mind games after this one. This was a thorough butt whooping. We have a lot of work to do. And about time, Jim, that you admitted it. Um, this is bad. This is bad for them. The good news for Michigan State is when you have a new coach and, A lot of low expectations. You can say, let's just get better this year and learn, and then hopefully next year we're a much better team. You don't have that luxury at Michigan. They're expecting you to win, and that's just a bad, bad football team. I mean, it really is. Tyler, I would be shocked if they won this week. I mean, I really would. I think that team is just absolutely derailed, and uh, they don't know who their quarterback is. Yeah, and that's going to
0: be a big, big issue for them um, when you look at Michigan because of, you know, what – Harbaugh came in with, you know, Harbaugh comes in with, you know, all of that hype and, you know, Hoke didn't work and Rich Rod didn't work. Well, this was labeled the guy, you know, there's not many people out there that can replace a guy like that, at least not with those expectations. And I mean, I think what Michigan fans need to realize now is this is going to be a slow build and, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this as a, the week progresses. Um, you know, Michigan State, obviously, may or may not have a game with Maryland pending uh, the COVID situation out in out on the East Coast. But, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll uh, talk about that. You wanted to get
1: – Well, let me, let me add something real quick to what you said. It's a slow build. I have to add this. That, that That's not fully correct. This, this is not a program that is a slow build. They have a lot of talent. And this is not a program where no matter who the coach is that comes in, like, oh, it's starting over, guys. No, this is different. This is not Rich Rod, Brady Hoke for, you know, eight years or seven years of bad football or bad culture. Um, this is a guy who did have a good culture. Jim Harbaugh ran a good football program. Um, you know, they've had some really good players. They've had some solid seasons. This is a terrible team. And, you know, it. I think, to be honest, Tyler, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but – I think you got two options: you get rid of him now, or you say we're going to give this guy a chance, like Notre Dame did with Brian Kelly. This is just a weird year, you know. He he's won a lot of games here, and we just expect over the next three or four years he'll still be really, really good and we'll win ten games again. And and you know this was just a weird year. It's COVID, and you know, hey, make all the excuses you want. Brian Kelly, since that bad four and eight season, Tyler is, I believe, forty and six if you want to look at a program that's just like you with expectations and hype, it's Notre Dame. And they said, we're going to stick with Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly was on the hot seat, Tyler. Mm -hmm. You know how it goes over there for like ever. I mean, they wanted him gone every year. So you got a choice to make and I think you got to make it now. You either extend him this year or you say we're going a different route
0: like i said uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more in regards to football you know there's only so much recapping you can do when your teams get destroyed week after week it becomes really difficult to you know find new stuff to complain about you know i've talked about the quarterbacks for a while i've talked about them all summer i said Peyton thorn was the guy he kind of looks like he is um you know mel tucker's not using his players correctly i said that after week one and so there's a lot of uh you know it's you know the same thing over and over. You're beating a dead horse, and both programs right now dead in the water. Yeah. Um, you want to talk some basketball? And huge news out of NCAA: uh, the tournament may be held solely in Indianapolis, creating a bubble with all uh, 68 teams. I'm honestly curious how that would work out, just given uh, facilities. Yeah. Um, you know, you cannot there's a reason they space them all out, you know? And so I'm really interested to see how that's going to end up playing out. Um, but like relating more to these schools, this, this is what I'm excited about. I know I told you we would talk draft, but this, this has me really optimistic about this season for Michigan state. Josh Langford was named a starter for the Spartans and look, after everything he's been through over the last year and a half, like this tells me that he's back to or close to the level that he was playing at when he was averaging 16 a game before he finally went down and was a, you know, a mid-season All-American level type player. And with guys like Gabe Brown, who's also fighting for a, uh, you know, more play at that position, who has the potential that length can shoot the lights out. Look, I think this is huge for Tom Izzo. And what, to me, is a – to what Michigan State fans have kind of come accustomed to with basketball is, okay, you know what, this year's not really going to be it, but you know what, next year when we get these players, you know, they kind of consider this a rebuilding year, more or less just to get them to a championship level. Look, th- this is a huge step forward.
1: Yeah, I don't think either team um... – we should be having any conversation of like rebuild or, or what, I mean, I think both these programs are going to prove just how strong they are uh, collectively because uh, unlike football, I mean, I think Michigan and Michigan State. Right, are but be Michigan's really but neither team time. right now is a championship and, and I, contender. It, and that's it,
0: ultimately where, you know, I, you know, there's become a little bit of that arrogance with Michigan State. I don't, Arrogance is probably a bad choice of words, but there's become that expectation that, You know, you contend for championships. I don't think this year's – I think this year's team is going to be good. I don't think they're going to be able to contend for a championship, though. And so I think having a guy like Wainford might push that in the right direction is what I was trying to say.
1: Yeah, no, I, I just think it's going to come down to what we talked about before. If Rocket Watts can can step in and, and play a, a large role at point guard as far as leadership-wise as a young sophomore, I think they'll be just fine. I think they'll be exactly where they were. I think Tillman losing him is going to be huge because he was really, really becoming a, a focal point last year and, and he could dominate the game at times. So I think that would be a huge loss, but I just think that Tom has done so well with teams that are maybe a little underappreciated. I think this team could be just like that, a lot of his teams. Um, I think they have a lot of depth. I think they have a lot of size. I think, um, you know, Hauser coming in is going to be huge. I think he's a guy that's going to be really good for them. Uh, I mean, Gabe Brown's got a ton of experience. Aaron Henry has a ton of experience. Um, you know, they, there's just a lot of good there. And langford has got a ton of experience. He's coming back. Um, and Rocket Watch is just a talent. I mean, there's just a lot of talent on that basketball team. And, uh, there's just a lot of names I didn't even mention that are going to be key. I mean, I didn't mention or Bingham Marvel. or Hall yet. And, you know, I didn't even mention Sissoko the freshman. So, you know, I mean, Marble, there's, I could go down the whole list. There's a lot of talent there. This is not a rebuild. This is, uh, uh a, a refocus and, and readjust. And hopefully we can get back to where we belong, which is close to the final four. I mean, I don't think Michigan State's a program that, uh, should ever have the conversation of, uh you know, anything lesser than what their expectations are. And I think Michigan, um, is, is right there. I mean, I really do. I mean, Tyler, I'm looking at Michigan right now and I think people are going to be very pleasantly surprised on how good this team is. The more I look at them and there's a lot more depth on this team than I thought. And when you look at Wagner and you look at Sean, you know, Sean J. Brown coming able to play this year, who was a key part of Wake Forest team, um, I don't know who they start this year, which is a great dilemma. And, you know, you look at Mike Smith, you know, their transfer from Columbia time, I've watched film on him now for two weeks. He's a fantastic point guard and he's a point guard that they have not had, uh, for some time now, because Simpson was not a shooter and, and, uh, Smith can flat out stroke it. So, uh, Eli Brooks is a shooter. Isaiah livers, if he stays healthy is a fantastic player. Um, I think they're going to struggle a little bit inside because Teske was yeah. the focal point a little bit at the beginning. But I think that with the depth, having Johns, Davis really improved. I think Hunter Dickinson, the freshman, is going to be very good with some time. I think he'll have to develop a little bit. Um, and, and there's some pieces there, man. There really is. And I, I think this is a a Big Ten team. You know, mm-hmm. they could finish in the top five possibly. Yeah. I think both schools. Yeah, Michigan should. State you know, I really definitely
0: And like I said, if Langford's any semblance of what he was previously, which is what it sounds like, because what Gabe Brown, I feel like, was really coming along, and I think he made a, I'm anticipating a monster jump over the summer. Um, and the fact that Langford came in and took that job again, like I, I think that speaks a lot to, uh, you know, how far, uh, Langford's come since. He suffered those injuries, uh, NBA draft. Yeah. There's a lot to cover a little time to do it. Um, NBA draft Wednesday. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about the pro prospects and, you know, let's start with, you know, maybe that one guy who's, you know, he's going to get a lot of summer league looks and, you know, if he gets dropped by somebody, he'll get picked up by somebody else because look, you need defensive point guards and, uh, Look, Xavier Simpson fits that mold. He he really does. You know, he's smart with the ball. Uh, His shooting is a massive, massive issue, but he's smart with the ball. He can play good defense. He can run in offense. And Look, that's ultimately what some of those lower guys on the bench, those uh, point guards that are maybe that 12th or 13th man, that's what they're there for.
1: So, you're, you mentioned. Yeah. Sorry, about you. that you were process? talking about? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't. I can't imagine him being right. drafted. I mean, I can see him definitely getting uh, an opportunity to, um, you know, play in some Summer League stuff, you know, next year. Well, actually, that's not how it will go because of this year. Uh, I can see a, a G League opportunity, though, coming in, and, you know, maybe he gets called up because he's playing well. Um, very good player. I think he is going to probably be uh, missed in a lot of ways even this year because of his defense and playmaking ability for Michigan. Um, I I think the one key guy to look at uh, is still look at Teske and see what happens with him. I haven't heard a whole lot, um, and I'm not sure what the deal is with him. I haven't – seriously, Tyler, I've not heard nothing about John Teske. So I don't know if he's already uh, in conversation with going overseas or if he's even just kind of – on anybody's radar, I, I don't know. I have not heard a thing. Uh, Simpson's definitely been on a lot of people's radar. I know that they have even talked about him being a late second round pick. So um, I don't think it will happen, but I do think that he might be able to slide into the uh, G League and kind of be like Derek Walton. Derek Walton's found some time in the NBA, and but Derek Walton can shoot it though, and, and that's the big difference. So. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens.
0: I'm I'm kind of intrigued by that too. Uh, you know, Simpson, Simpson, I think has the most intrigue out of, you know, all the potential draft candidates, which, you know, Winston Tillman Simpson, um, just because he may or may not get drafted. And, you know, he's also one of those guys who's going to get plenty of opportunities. So even if he doesn't, you know, he's going to get picked up right away. He'll be one of those, uh, you know, last, Mm -hmm. he'll be one of those first phone calls, uh, once the draft's over and I think he'll definitely get that opportunity Cassius Winston um a really shocking performance from him uh they it was what I've read is that they anticipated like subpar athleticism and they got worse than that but at the same time you know how how much do you kill the IQ, the playmaking, and the ability to shoot that Cassius has, because you know he's one of the best three-point shooters in the country coming out this year. Like, how do how do you grade that as opposed to you know these combines in a league which is based predominantly off of athleticism and potential?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's just one of those leagues where they're they're always going to judge guys with the. Uh if they're lacking in some sort of athleticism, and I think that's what's going to hurt them. And it's sad and it's frustrating because I think there's a lot of guys in the league that are not super athletic. And, and I mean, I, and when you look at someone like Fred VanVleet and, and Kyle Lowry, I mean, I, obviously Kyle Lowry is a bull and he is an absolute strong point guard. But I can't imagine Fred VanVleet being that much more athletic than Cassius Winston. So that's a good comparison. And that's also of two that's that also one of the be projections. Like that, you know,
0: um, VanVleet is testing free agency. That Cassius Winston may end up playing in Toronto as the twenty ninth pick.
1: Yeah, I, I think that would be a great. Uh, yeah, I think that would be a great thing you can learn from a, uh, an All Star like Lowry and. Uh, Lowry, who I gave so much problems to a couple years ago, I thought he was not worth the money. He's actually proven yeah. me way wrong. He's been fantastic, and he has been such a staple in that organization. And I think without him, they're nowhere near where they are. But uh, I think that would be huge for Cassius to be able to uh, learn from him. The problem with Toronto is we have a situation we don't know what they're going to do as uh, far I as think playing they're this just year, Talking about moving to Florida, I spoken about, they're going to have to play somewhere else. Yep. Yeah, they're going to have to play somewhere else. I think Tampa was the place that they were uh, taught and so there's a lot of things going on there that would be tough for a rookie, you know, trying to adjust and not knowing where you're going to live and where you're going to play and I think that would be tough. But uh, I mean, I think Cash is wins. Where, where does he where does he go then? He was ready for anything. But um, you know, I, I Where, where I, does he go on Wednesday? What's that? Um, you know, I've seen a lot of different reports man and i'll tell you what the one that's still intriguing to me is the lakers you know i know they talked about him being picked in the first round with the lakers on uh, one board uh, i would love that um but i do think uh i think you might be onto to something with the toronto thing but um if, if i had to pick
0: today i think that
1: that could happen um but uh yeah you know i i think uh I think that the the L.A. Toronto thing are probably the two picks. I'm not going to say either or, yeah, but yeah, I late, for, late first round right for now.
0: A guy who has that knowledge can shoot, obviously can run your offense. Um, you know, can you stop? A, can you stop somebody at this level, though? You know, if you go out there and you have to guard it.
1: Oh gosh, who can though? I mean, and you, nobody can. I mean, it's you know, can, just, just try you know, your it's, best it's and you'll be all right
0: you know the last year or two is uh you know his off the ball defense is very surprising he plays it like a you know a corner playing zone defense and it's just ready for it and uh, you know he's just right in the passing lane all the time you know very sneaky very surprisingly quick when it comes to getting the ball on the defensive end um you know i he, i think he has to be considered a first round option. If he falls to the second, I, I mean, it, it would be understandable because of it. Um, Xavier Tillman, the other guy, uh, the last guy that we're going to talk about here uh, killed it Yeah, in regard to uh, the NBA combines three point uh, shooting measures and was just absolutely lights out. Obviously we know what he can do on yeah. defense. His shot was going to be a big issue and he, I think it was the second-best numbers out of anybody. Xavier Tillman, I think, is going to creep up, and I think he's going to end up in the 20s.
1: Yeah, you know, they're, they're really, really raving about him. Every uh, report I've read and everyone uh, talking about it uh, on all networks, um, just really, really excited about him. So uh, I think he's been in a lot of top
0: I think for a second, we're going to wait for him to come back in. But, uh, yeah, Till- Tillman's defense, obviously, you no know, he regards to a playmaker. Um, you know, I, I said the other day, last time we talked basketball, that Hauser gives the uh, offense a little bit more versatility. That said, you know, Tillman did lead all uh, big 10 bigs and assists. Michigan State's all time block shots leader, really good anticipation. Um, you know, not someone you want to give the green light to, but he's a shooter who other teams are may have to start respecting. And I think this is a great opportunity for him wherever he lands a lot of talk, a lot of talk to the Boston Celtics. Yeah, we got you now. Can you hear me now, Tyler?
1: Okay, no, I was just reading some of the board uh, I was talking, I guess you didn't hear me So real quickly, I, he's in A lot of top 20s with some people He's also uh, early second Round in a lot, but yeah, I, I think You, you know I think just if he falls to the second
0: round I, I think someone's Gonna be very happy with uh, Where they Get him um, Kind of like a Draymond Green-ish Situation, not as versatile On offense, maybe a better one-on-one defender um, because Draymond's defense is mostly help side. Mm -hmm. Um, But, look, there's a reason he's in the NBA draft. And so I think he goes in the first round. I think he goes early 20s because when Dick Vitale said that Tillman was going to come back, Xavier had a press conference or Zoom meeting or whatever – saying he got a phone call from an nba team saying how disappointed they were that he wasn't gonna keep his name in the draft and he's like oh, okay well not no <laughs> and so when when you get that type of talk uh you yeah. know when you got two kids to look after well i it, may, it makes me feel like he's a lock for the first round mm-hmm. despite uh some of the boards having him early second i think washington was one spot there.
1: When you look at Jalen Smith and him, Tyler. Like, look at the, the comparisons. There's very similar, you know, is besides the length that Jalen Smith has, they're both very similar because they both can pick and pop and score. They both can guard uh, guards when they need to. So, I mean, the NBA loves to switch ball screens. Like think that Tillman can really guard guards pretty well at times. So, I think that that gives him a huge advantage. And plus, they both can shoot from outside. Jalen Smith just obviously longer and a little, maybe a little bit of better shot, record, but not by much. I mean, it's pretty... Honestly, Tillman's probably better overall as a shot blocker, even though he doesn't have the length. Um, Rebounding, Tillman's better. And they got Jalen Smith all over that top 20. I mean, it's 21, 22. And, you know, every single board I've looked at is Jalen Smith is right there around the 20s. So, I I take Tillman over Smith in my, if you ask me. He's not as smart as Tillman does. Tillman gives you a little uh, bit more uh, offense. Tillman's more versatile
0: to so what he can do with uh, DHOs and pick-and-rolls mm-hmm. and everything else. Uh, yeah. and I mean, yeah. play him. Yeah. And Someone's I think, played, you know, this goes back we've to what we it. said about the athleticism, and that's why I think Smith is as high as he is. What Tillman uh, doesn't have in the athleticism, you know, kind of like a Cassius Winston thing, he makes up for in IQ, but he's also got that athleticism. You look at him, shut down Lamar Stevens. Oh, well, Stevens was a power forward. No, Stevens is a shooting guard at this level you know he's a shooting guard yeah, oh, yeah. He, he's a, a he's a powerful he's a power forward shooting absolutely and he just watched him right down a small forward in the nba until tillman shot him down
1: yeah he's pj tucker i mean that's pj tucker you got to guard him outside and you, and you're in a difficult position because the guy's a little stronger than you're capable. Yeah, I mean PJ Tucker and Stevens are exactly the same player. You know, Stevens is a little more you know crafty, but they're both strong and undersized. And Tillman destroyed him. You know, but they're pretty quick at times. <laughs> so I thought Tillman <laughs> locked him up. He locked him right up. You know, I mean that says all you need to know about yep. him. I and, mean, uh, he can guard. We'll get to see where they all land
0: him. on. Wednesday but we are going to get going here uh, we'll preview the games weekends if Michigan State even has one especially um, as we get closer to uh, Saturday's action but uh, you know if Michigan State doesn't play Ohio State Indiana for the Big Ten East lead as weird as it is to say but that does it for us here on the Trouble with snap
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be much more gratifying to watch that game than Michigan, I can tell you that much. Rutgers-Michigan, I don't think I'll even tune in. I've, I've done my best
0: to still tune in just for the show. If it wasn't for this show. And, and but, the uh, amazing we'll, we'll of all that no to way get all I didn't watch that. that. Um, and the, we'll also uh, evaluate where everybody landed, where Simpson signed, where Winston and Tillman both got drafted. Uh, Tillman, I forget, you know, early to mid-20s, Winston probably early second round Simpson will be one of the first phone calls after the draft off the board but that does it for Jeremy and I'm Tyler Hayward. this yeah. is the Trouble with the Snap Podcast